0: What's up, guys? Welcome back. 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor. We're back in Los Angeles. We're talking modern. It's Wednesday. I'm excited. Guys, we've got literally, I'm not even exaggerating here, we've got a week and a half till Grand Prix Santa Clara. We've got a whole freaking Grand Prix coming up. That's going to be a big-time modern event. And I'm playing in that event. Some of you guys know this, by the way, in case you're tuning in for the first time. This is the official anchor station of the Masters of Modern podcast. It's called 10 Minutes of Modern. I'm your host, Ben Bateman. I... ...was trying to decide if I was going to play a deck like Jeskai, or if I was going to play some sort of loam base uh, grind deck. And I'll tell you what, I was considering it, but then Alex left town. I don't have the cards to build Jeskai. I don't really have the full cards to build most decks. Uh, I have put more of a collection together than I used to have, but really when it comes down to it, the only time I buy cards is when I'm specifically building a deck. And I don't really much want to try to build a deck like Jeskai out of the cards I have. It would probably be very expensive. Things like Celestial Colonnades and Through the Breaches and Emmercools are extremely expensive. So, that being said, what it looks like is I am going to be taking some form of this grindy Lone based Jun deck to Grand Prix Santa Clara, which means... I need to come up with a version of this deck that is not so reliant on the graveyard, because the version that's reliant on the graveyard right now is a little too susceptible to graveyard hate. However, I have good ideas. Uh, I did take the deck last Thursday to the Modern Night at the local shop. I'm planning on probably doing the same thing tomorrow night, and I'm quite excited about it. Uh, The plan right now, as it stands, guys, is that I am going to be playing a black, green, red deck. That a lot of you guys have heard me talk about. It plays Thermo Alchemists and Young Pyromancers and Gutter Snipes with Flame Jabs, Life from the Loams, and uh, some other than just jun based control cards. The idea being that if you can get an engine going, every Flame Jab with a Gutter Snipe in play is worth 3 damage, uh, with a Thermo Alchemist in play is worth 2 damage, and a Life from the Loam itself, because it triggers the Thermo Alchemist, means that on a given turn, if you dredge Loam, even if you just dredge the Loam, get 3 lands, discard those 3 lands to recast flame jab 3 times with casting of the loam and a thermal alchemist in play. That represents 7 damage a turn. Seems like a pretty good way to close out the game. With a gutter snipe in play, it's even faster. It's 11 damage a turn. So, that's kind of the way the deck is is built right now. Now the question I have been toying with is what do I do to make it better in the main deck and and better in game 2 versus graveyard hate? The conclusion that I came to that I thought was really cool that I have not yet yet gotten to test but I have been telling you guys about is that I think Sprout Swarm seems like a really fun idea. I love the idea of being able to Convoke using the tokens that I'm making to make these tokens and then every time I cast Sprout Swarm, trigger my things. It's another another recursive spell that doesn't live in my graveyard, so it seems quite good. That is definitely one thing I am heavily considering. The other thing I'm considering is that maybe playing... Raven's Crime, one black target player discards a card with Retrace, the same ability as Gutter Snipe, is better than playing... or better than playing... sorry, not Gutter Snipe, Flame Jab. Now, I like Flame Jab a lot, and I think that if I build this deck, it's more more than likely that I'll have the full four of each between the main deck and the sideboard. Um, Even if I decided to play, let's say, three Raven's Crime and two Flame Jab in the deck, versus currently where it's playing four Flame Jab and one Raven's Crime... I think I'd fill out the back end of the set, any number of flame jabs I didn't have in the main deck to begin with. Just because there's so many creature-based decks that have X1s, it's kind of like a free win card to have in your sideboard because it's so on-theme with your strategy. On the other hand, bringing in more graveyard interactive stuff in Game 2 is maybe not the smartest, so perhaps I'm off course there. Um, as it stands right now, I'm excited about the deck. I need to get some games in. Uh, I don't know what our standard player is going to be playing. I. A friend of mine who I've played with before uh, got in touch with me about being our standard player. Uh, we haven't confirmed that yet, so if that friend of mine who we're going back and forth on Twitter right now is in, be sure to respond to me. And let me know that that's happening. Otherwise, I have to keep... Uh making sure you guys are aware of the fact that my team needs a standard player. Uh, In fact, I'm putting it out there right now just in case there's a lack of communication with there, and I do need to find that standard player. Um, But otherwise, guys, we have a sweet team. My legacy player is gonna be playing Mud, though we are currently trying to find a few legacy cards. I posted this in the Facebook group, and if any of you guys have them, I'm in desperate need of some Grim Monoliths, Metalworkers, and Ensnaring Bridge, And one Chalice of the Void. So let me know on that one. Call in there. Um, Otherwise, guys, I'm really excited. I'm excited for Grand Prix Santa Clara. I can't wait to share this deck with you guys. I can't wait to put together the final version. As always, thanks for listening. It's 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor. Call in with your thoughts and suggestions. Uh, Looking forward to it, guys. Let's have a great 2018 and a great tournament. Have a good one. What's up, guys? Welcome back. 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor. Chat with you guys every day about the best game in the world, Magic the Gathering. Chat with you guys right now about this idea of this Loam deck. I've been talking about it for now for a couple weeks. It looks like the deck I'm going to be taking with me to Grand Prix Santa Clara. I've been trying to come up with what I think the best things to do with the deck are, and one thing I've been noticing, consistently, is that in game one, when I cast Young Pyromancer, it doesn't feel very impactful. It feels kinda low impact. Now, it's a little surprising, considering Young Pyromancer is such a good card, and in a deck that's playing Retrace Spells and Life from the Loam, you'd think I'd be able to get a lot of tokens really quickly. Those tokens are fine to block with, and I don't even necessarily know that I'm wrong. I've only played a handful of games with the card, so it could be that Young Pyromancer and the ability to use those 1-1s to block and stay alive is actually more important than I know. But as I was thinking about it, if I was to dredge a life from the loam and cast uh, Flame Jab three times with Pyromancer in play, it doesn't represent any threat that turn. It's just a bunch of 1-1s. It gives my opponent time to set up shop for a big block, and unless I have some way to take advantage of my tokens, it's just flooding the board with something for my opponent to ignore unless it actually gets problematic. 1-1 tokens are fine, but this is it doesn't feel right now when I think about it like that's a high impact thing to be doing. It's interactive, it's cool, you get a lot of value, but how good is it really? So what are some of the cards that we can think of that if they were on the battlefield at the time I was to dredge a life from the loam and cast a retrace spell three times? Because that's kind of the premise of the deck. How many things can this deck do that are taking advantage of me casting four spells in a turn? Okay, what are some of the best ones? One that came to mind for me was Kiln Fiend. What if I had a Kiln Fiend on the battlefield? I dredged a life from the loam, cast it, and then I cast three copies of a retrace 1 mana spell. It manages to represent 13 damage, unchecked, 13! Not to mention, because the deck as it stands currently is playing quite a few pieces of spot removal, if I'm holding let's just say a fatal push, and they have 1 blocker, if I play the fatal push the same turn, I can potentially attack for 16. Now that does obviously require me to have 6 mana, but at the point in the game that I'm dredging a life from the loam, maybe that's possible, I don't know. Maybe I don't cast all of the Retrace spells, and one of those spells goes to the cost of a Fatal Push. All I know is, thinking about the incremental value of casting 4 spells in a turn, I have to have a very high impact engine in my deck. As it stands now, obviously Gutter Snipe is one of the best ways to do it, but it's a 3 mana do-nothing card. Kilnfiend's a 2 mana creature. One of the best things about Thermo Alchemist in this deck is that it comes down on turn 2, and very often does about 6 damage. If it stays on the battlefield for 3 turns, it's going to do 6, 7, or 8 damage, which is really quite good for a 2-drop, especially in a grindy deck. Now I'm trying to think about what other cards am I not considering for the 2-drop slots, or even the 1-drop slots for that matter. All I know is, thinking about more ways to cast more spells to get more triggers is what this deck should be all about. And Kiln Fiend, for right now, is the best one I've come up with on 2-mana that really represents a clock. I don't know if it's the right clock, but it could be. That's what I think this deck wants to be doing. This deck wants to be looking for explosive ways to use its grindy mid-range engine to end the game in a matter of one or two turns. There you have it, guys. That's my current thought experiment on the Life from the Loam Jund experimental deck, uh, the deck that I will be playing at Grand Prix Santa Clara. Very excited about it. Can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts. Call in as always. Let me know if you like the station, favorite if you like what you're hearing, and find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great night. We'll keep talking Magic. What's going on guys? Welcome back, 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor. Excited to be talking to you guys on this Thursday morning. We are talking Modern, the best format in the world, the best game in the world, Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Ben Bateman. I host the collected. Company podcast, The Masters of Modern. I'm here to talk to you about the Modern deck I'm taking to Grand Prix Santa Clara next weekend. I mentioned last night to you guys that i settled on this uh jun retrace deck that is playing life from the loam and all kinds of fun things and uh, as i continue to explore the options with that deck i am working every single day to try to figure out what the best version of this to play at the event is going to be the basis of the deck for those hearing this for the first time is that you're using life from the loam and retrace spells to effectively get value out of casting four spells a turn so if you if you dredge a life from the loam Cast it, get back three lands, and then cast either Raven's Crime or Flame Jab three times in a row. It allows you to cast four spells in a turn, which ultimately means if you have anything that triggers off of casting non-creature or instant and sorcery spells, you get a ton of value. So Gutter Snipe is the most interesting card, right? That's the one you guys know about. It's one red Uh, 2-colorless for a 2-2 that allows you to uh, deal 2 damage to each opponent every time you cast an instant or sorcery spell. It's a great card, but it's a 3-drop that does nothing when it enters the battlefield, which is something that we know in modern is not historically good enough. Even if it has high high impact, like Monastery Mentor or something like Geist of St. Draft, it's always a fringe card that struggles to see play, though Geist has shown up more recently. Dreader Snipe, obviously, if you can untap with it, and Dredge... Dredging a life from the loam and casting a spell three times does a lot of damage. You get eight damage out of that, or if it's, if in the case of flame jab, you get eleven damage out of it. This is why we're also playing um, thermo alchemist, and we were playing young pyromancer. What I, the conclusion I've been coming to is that young pyromancer is not really all that interesting. So I've been trying to come up with another two-drop to play. I considered Kiln Fiend because it seems like an interesting, very high-impact card, but if they have even one Chump Blocker mid-game, I don't really get a lot of value out of it. Uh, Monastery Swift Spear is another card that's interesting, but again, a Chump Blocker doesn't really do much for me, and uh, that's just kind of the way it is. Now, one of the listeners of the podcast here did post the idea of playing Firebrand Archer. I believe that's the name I'm going to check right now. So yeah, Firebrand Archer. It's a 2-1 for 1 red, 1 colorless that every time you cast a a non-creature spell deals 1 damage to each opponent. Now there's a couple things that are interesting here. One, this plays along with Thermal Alchemist and Gutter Snipe in the sense that it deals damage to your opponent without targeting your opponent. So a Leyline of Sanctity doesn't actually do anything for them. It does prevent you from casting Flame Jab targeting them, but if you Jab targeting yourself or Raven's Crime targeting yourself, which is not great, you can still get the triggers over and over again. So that being said... Is that card good enough to replace Young Pyromancer in the deck? The obvious answer would be no, it's not good. It's a two, it's Firebrand Archer is a classic trap card that's not even close to good enough for competitive play. On the other hand, am I getting more value out of the three or four damage a turn out of that card once I go infinite than I am out of making three or four tokens? I'm not really sure. The tokens keep me alive, but in the the plan of playing Sprout Swarm, perhaps Firebrand Archer is more what the deck wants to do. It does feel like getting four more copies of Thermo Alchemist, which means if all of a sudden I have eight ways to generate damage after turn two, maybe I'm in a better position. I'm not really sure. I've been considering it. The obvious answer to me is that absolutely not. Firebrand Archer seems like a terrible card, It's a classic limited card that's probably not even quite good enough for limited, and I can't imagine it does what I want it to do. Thermo Alchemist has opportunity to deal multiple points of damage per turn, on top of it being a decent blocker early. Uh, That, to me, feels like what the deck wants to be doing. However, if I went to a version of the deck that played 4 Thermo Alchemist, 4 Firebrand Archer, and 4 Gutter Snipe, and just went full soloist, so to speak, on that plan... Maybe I'd be in a better position. Maybe that's exactly what the deck wants to be doing, and I have to just make that bold decision of going all in on the plan. I'm not really sure. What I want to know, guys, is do you think there's any world, in the context of the deck we're talking about here, where Firebrand Archer, or a lower-impact card, a card that is not even remotely played in Tier 1 decks, and not even like a fan-favorite card like Gutter Snipe, like everyone's tried to make Gutter Snipe work, but Firebrand Archer, which is like pretty much just a bad Magic card... Is there a chance that that's the card I should be playing in the two-drop slot in this deck? I want to know what you guys think. Do you think there's that card or another card in the same vein that I should be playing? Share your thoughts here. Favorite the station if you guys like what you're hearing. Find me on Twitter at Media. Let's keep talking magic every single day. Looking forward to a great tournament next weekend and an awesome 2018. Happy holidays, guys. A little more modern content coming at you in just a second. What's happening, guys? Welcome back 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor, Chat with you guys about MTG, and specifically about the Jund Retrace Life from the Loam deck that I am planning on playing at Grand Prix Santa Clara next weekend. Been working on the main deck, now I'm starting to think about the sideboard. There is a card that I have been considering for the last week, and it is Golgari Charm. So, Golgari Charm is one of the Cycle of Charms from the Return to Ravnica set. It is black and green for an instant you choose one of the three modes one of the modes is destroy target enchantment one of them is all creatures get minus one minus one and the last mode is regenerate each creature you control now if i get rid of young pyromancer in the deck and the deck becomes a i guess if i was playing the two one firebrand archer minus one minus one to all creatures is pretty bad But if Gutter Snipes a 2-2 and Thermo Alchemist is an 0-3, giving minus one minus one to all creatures is actually maybe useful. Not to mention regenerating all creatures is definitely useful, and of course destroying an enchantment is essential in game two, considering my opponents are absolutely going to bring in Rest in Peace, they're going to bring in Leyline of the Void, they're going to bring a lot of enchantments that are going to screw with me. I wouldn't even be surprised if they bring in... Uh, blood, uh, blood Moon, though I actually think the deck is set up to be decent against Blood Moon because I'm perfectly fine having basics and almost nothing in the deck costs double color um, Though I do have to hit like red red red, but that's fine. So Golgari Charm is definitely a card that I'm considering. I think it's definitely a fun option um, The other thing is that I have to keep in mind as much as there's an engine to this deck and it's doing interesting things I also need to pay very close attention to the fact that I need to be disruptive to my opponent so as it stands now, I'm playing probably five one-drop disruption spells, so probably something in the range of three Thoughtseize and two Inquisition, though currently I think I actually only own one Thoughtseize, and I have four Inquisitions, so that's probably the split that I'll take to the tournament, unless I can get some Thoughtseizes. Alex left town, so I am a little bit screwed there. Um, But I definitely feel like I need to be able to interact with my opponent's graveyard, I need to be able to kill creatures, I need to be able to stop combo, there's just a lot of things that, you know, the good decks that are finely tuned have a lot of interaction with, and this deck is definitely focused on an engine, so I'm playing cards that are not quite as good, right, I'm playing things like Thermo Alchemist and Gutter Snipe, that are only single-minded with this one strategy, but aren't really very fast. So that's where I start thinking about sideboard cards that both help my strategy and are disruptive to my opponent, which is where something like Ogari Charm comes in mind. So any other sideboard cards that you guys can think of in Jun that would be particularly good in a deck that's really relying on about 12 creatures and really, really would like its graveyard to stick around, let me know. That's what I am trying to come up with. Thanks for listening, guys. It's 10 minutes of Modern here on Anchor. Some of you guys have been asking for a full list on this Jun Retrace deck. I will be posting it sooner than later so I can get your guys' feedback on it. Maybe today I will export a list and post it online so you guys can give me your thoughts. As always, thanks for listening, guys. Favorite the station if you like what you're hearing. Let's keep talking MTG. Happy holidays, guys. Looking forward to it. What's up, guys? Last couple thoughts here before I head into Disneyland, the happiest place. on earth. very excited about this Jund Retrace deck. Uh, it plays Life from the Loam. It's trying to get the same lands back over and over again. And one of the things that historically these decks have done in Legacy, in the aggro Loam decks, they would play Wasteland. Obviously, you can just play Wasteland over and over again. Well, we don't have Wasteland in Modern, but what we do have is Ghost Quarter. And Tron being one of the best decks makes me feel like, even though there's a three-color mana base in this deck... I probably need to be playing 24 or 25 lands, and I probably need to be playing three or four Ghost Quarters in the main deck because... Tron is a very problematic matchup, not to mention that Search for Azkanta is a real thing in the Jeskai decks, and I think that getting rid of it is kind of important. Not to mention that there are tons of problematic lands, and if in some decks, in some of the big three-color decks, if I can get an engine going where I am Ghost Quartering and Life from the Loaming every single turn against my opponent, I'm just going to start strip mining them. They're not going to be able to do anything. So I actually think that probably playing three or maybe even four Ghost Quarters is the smartest thing to do. The question is, in the main deck versus the sideboard, how many Ghost Quarters do you play? My gut feeling would be go up to 25 lands play three ghost quarters in the main and just go ham because like that's the that should probably be the move in modern like i'm trying to think what do i do against the tron deck and it feels like against the tron deck i probably need to have ghost quarter um whereas certain decks like merfolk for instance it's not going to be super relevant I suppose Ghost Quartering one of my own lands so that I don't get Spreading Seized is kind of important, and I could see that being useful, Um, but as it stands right now, I feel like probably playing three Ghost Quarter in the main deck with a land count of 25. Now, if I don't play three Ghost Quarters, if I play one Ghost Quarter, I think I can play 23 land because I'm playing Faithless Lootings in the list as it stands now. But I actually think that this deck probably wants four ghost quarters between the main and the sideboard. Just my thoughts as I look at lists and see a whole bunch of Search for Ascantos running around, and of course Tron, Affinity, uh, Jeskai with Celestial Colonnade, just there's a lot of decks that play Man Lands where it's probably necessary to get rid of them. So those are my thoughts. Again, guys, call in with yours, share them with me, let me know. Do you like the deck idea? Do you think I'm missing anything important? Favorite the station if you like what you're hearing. Let's keep talking magic. Talk to you guys soon.